You're not in Kansas anymore. You're in two dudes territory. Folks, respect that fact every second of every day. Nothing like an old school disclaimer to put your mind at ease. If there is a hell, you might want to go there for some R&R after listening to these nerds. Look at all this fresh meat! Out here beyond this disclaimer, are podcasters who want to make their thoughts on Avatar The Way of Water known. Their opinions are their own opinions. This show is not for children. If you wish to survive, you need to cultivate a strong mental attitude. You got to obey the rules. Two dudes rules. Yeah! Welcome to a Two Dudes special presentation. I am Dude One Richard. And I'm Dude Two Papa Dragon. <laughs> you would be Stephen Lang, if anything. Let's keep this podcast high and tight. <laughs> Keeping it high and tight, that's a potent mix. <laughs> Already, already. Welcome, everybody, to the special presentation. Now, before we get into it, we do have a very special third dude with us for this uh, little thing we're doing. Um, Dude three, returnee, Alex Waikie. Woo! I see you, Richard. I see you. I see you, Joey. (laughs) Likewise. Yeah, it's great to be back. This is my... Third time, so <laughs> you, you uh, is he the most frequent guest at this point? I think, yeah, because because we've had Allison twice. Yes, we've had Gifford twice, I believe. Yeah, this is he is. So I'm in the Dude Good Hall job. of Fame now. I'd like to thank the Academy <laughs> and James Cameron for making this happen. <laughs> the best part um, is when you're saying that I, you got this beautiful sweater on and you got your big 3D glasses. You look so like regal. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's perfect. Symmetry. He is. He is Dude Makto. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So let's dance. Normally, uh, for these, we don't really get into the how do you do's, but since Waikie's here, I want to ask how you doing, sir. I'm doing pretty good. Um, uh, Life wise, um, recently I got a promotion at my job, so I went from nice, nice. I went from team member. To team lead so now i have a leadership position it's my first time like doing this so it's going to be kind of interesting but uh, i'm very excited that's a very uh next forward step in my life um otherwise just been like trying to do lifestyle changes tay and i've been going to the gym a little bit more um just trying to take care of myself a little bit and just taking care of my little demon cat gozer <laughs> he's out <laughs> He's probably outside right now. I'm surprised he hasn't like scratched my leg or something yet. <laughs> but, but no, that like that's been pretty much the most major change in my life um, lately. So I'm kind of getting adjusted to that. Um, it, it was my. It's been my first week doing it so far. I've only done it for two days, so we'll okay. see how the rest of the week feels like. But that was pretty exciting. So I've been pretty happy with that. I've been at this job for like a year now. So awesome stuff. Yeah, that's very good to hear. Um, yeah. So, I'd ask Joey, but I don't care. Anyway. 
<laughs> Look, we got we got stuff to talk about. It's more important, okay? <laughs> the best part is like Joey's face every time is my favorite part. He's just like, <laughs> like yeah, okay. yeah. I, I I'm so used to it. <laughs> this, is, this is my lot in life. I've accepted it. Uh, it's it's it it tickles me. <laughs> anyway, so um, today we are talking about. A movie we were all very excited to see. Uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. 13 years since the original film. Joey and I actually did an episode on the first Avatar. Was it... What episode? Was it like in the 30s? It was like in the 30s. Yeah, it was when we still had the old logo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the one I drew. I remember listening to that. Um, So we have our opinions on avatar and the whole thing pretty well documented we're pretty big fans but um Waiki has not had his opinions well documented so Waiki, what was your sort of history if you will with the original avatar okay so let's rewind the clocks back 13 years ago to 2009 i was 19 yes and like i was i think i was in the eighth grade at that point um if it was december 2009 yes wait No, I was in high school. I was in high school. I was just my freshman year of high school. And if I recall, I remember the trailer for the movie dropping on uh, iTunes movie trailers. Because I remember Apple had that thing on IMAX where it dropped the trailer. There Mm -hmm. was a countdown for it. And I remember thinking like, wait a minute, this has nothing to do with Aang. Where's Katara? (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. (laughs) Where's the airbenders, Cameron? Yeah, but then I watched the trailer, and then it goes from the director of Terminator, The Abyss, Aliens, Terminator Two, True Lies, Titanic, I'm Piranha like, Two, <laughs> his crowning achievement. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, the guy who made Titanic and Terminator Two directed Avatar. I did not know this, and so I see the trailer, and I'm I'm pretty curious. My dad wanted to go see the movie, so um, it's New Year's, it's like New Year's Day, I think we go see it. It's me, my brother, my cousin, and my dad, and we all sit down. This theater is packed. Like, I mean, like, there is not a single seat, like, left unattended. The entire theater is full, and we're all wearing our 3D glasses, and I remember seeing it in 3D for the first time, and I was, like, gripping onto my seat. I was so entranced by it. Then, like, years passed, and, like, you know, the discourse, like, goes about about it, you know, like, oh, the movie was only good because of the 3D, it was only good because of the tech, and so on and so forth. I remember my opinions of the movie changed a little bit. I I hadn't seen it in years, because really it is about that theater experience. Like, James Cameron intended that to be seen in the theaters. Well, now jump to 2022 way of water is coming out and then the re-release happens and i'm like okay i haven't seen it in years if i'm gonna go see it again for like the first time in years i'm gonna go see it in 3d so i go see it in imax 3d and i'm like yeah no it's still a good movie like it's still (laughs) a good movie like yeah, it has its cliches, it has its, like, derivative moments, but it's like, I mean, all of Cameron's movies are derivative of other stories. I mean, like, isn't Terminator based on an Outer Limits episode, or, like, inspired by one? So it's like, 
I mean, he's always had those those kind of elements in there, and that's not why you go to Avatar. You go to Avatar for like the world building and just the the scope of Pandora. It like just the authenticity and the amount of attention to detail just made that world feel so much more real than like anything we have seen in like any of these comic book movies and stuff like that. That is based on like 80 years of source material, but yet James Cameron can make something original that just feels so fresh and new. And I'm like, and I'm seeing it after the re-release and I'm like, yeah, I'm hyped for The Way of Water. (laughs) And then I, then Taylor and I watched the extended cut like twice. And then, (laughs) and then I go see The Way of Water. So Avatar, I would say, it's not my favorite Cameron movie, but I would definitely say that it is one of his most personal. And if I had to say, if we're going to go into this new movie right now, I'm going to say this. Way of Water blows Avatar out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> he showed them the way of the water. So the way the water is actually out of the water. Because you're getting blown <laughs> out of the water, is what you're telling me. But a quick quick exactly. sidebar, quick sidebar. What w- would your favorite Cameron movie be? Oh man, that is that is a toughie. Um, if I had to pick my favorite Cameron movie, it's like it goes between um, fuck, either Aliens or Terminator because it's like people love T two, but Terminator one has such like a Ooh. grungy, grimy like like it feels like a punk rock John Carpenter's Halloween. Yes, in that kind of sense, mm. where I'm just like I just get into it. And plus, Arnie is such a great bad guy in that movie. It's not a role you would expect him to have, which is surprising because, like, that's the role everyone remembers him as is the Terminator. But we remember him as the hero Terminator, not the villain Terminator. Mm -hmm. So it's like, in that aspect, I'm like, oh, that movie, it just speaks to me in that sense. But Aliens is also, like this movie, like the prime example of how you amp it up in the sequel. Yeah, right. Like, if we're gonna go into how the way of water does it, it's like it. If you look at how Aliens amps up Alien, James Cameron does the exact same thing with this movie. Like the formula is there. Like, what do they do? Like they bring in Newt in Aliens, and what does this movie do? It brings in the Sully kids. (laughs) (laughs) We got them kids. They're beautiful. You don't want anything bad to happen to them. You love them so much. Like. Jake Sully as a as a dad is much better than Jake Sully as alien avatar guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, not to say like I didn't hate Jake Sully in the first like people hate his character, like they'll think like, oh, he's so boring and stuff like that. And it's like I never like I, I never saw that as like a negative in my opinion. I just saw it as like, oh, he's just our audience's insert. Yeah. But in this movie, he has such more like depth to him because he's a dad you know it's like he's he's a strict father you know he has a lot of expectations you know he went from just being like oh i'm finally raising my kids i finally like i'm happy to just like fuck i'm back fighting the humans again shit (laughs) god damn it i was on date night with natiri we were having a good time and then freaking people had to ruin it i think um was it cameron who said it was like if romeo and juliet had lived and you really yeah. get to see because obviously the first one, you know, you're you're getting to know the world of Pandora. Natiri and Jake are getting to know each other and falling in love, and it's all exciting. And then you come to parenthood and all the responsibilities and burdens uh, that entails. You know, so I think it, it it makes for 
it makes for a, I think a really interesting story, especially with this uh, with this character because we've seen him lead the Navi against the Sky People, against the humans, right? Right. But now like his his newfound home. But now he's uh, you know he's a dad. Now he's Tim Allen. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe like '90s Tim Allen, sure, but like today Tim Allen. What's the problem with kids saying "I see you" nowadays? (laughs) Why can't kids just say "I"? Why can't kids just like? I don't get it. Kids are just a mystery to me. Why changing their identities? You you see me. Why is it I not I see you? <laughs> but not only that, it's like I was thinking about this. It's like it's like with the Sully kids being introduced into this one, I when I've seen it, okay, full disclosure, I've seen this movie three times. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like we've all sort of seen it like a different number of times. Yes. Which is kind of fun. Which uh is sort of a big factor. And fun fact, um, so like we're so like at the top of the show introduced dude one, Joey's dude two, Wikey's two dude three. So like Wikey's seen it three times, Joey's seen it twice, and I've seen it Well, I got I gotta tell you the truth, I've actually seen it twice now. Oh you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it! You... This is more shocking than any Game of I've... Thrones plot twist. Whatever House of the Dragon, guys, you should just quit whatever you're doing. HBO, scrap it. It will not be as shocking as Richard <laughs> voluntarily going to the movies again. Whoa. This is... This that this would be the first time I've seen, uh, in the past two years, I've seen a movie twice in theaters. It, and leave it to James Cameron to be the one to have you do it. Good job. <laughs> Good job, James. Beautiful. Jimbo... Jimbo, Jimbo, you did it, Bubby. So I, I think Jim it's safe to say, Richard, Richard, that uh, you did not care for this movie. Oh, this is terrible. Why did I see it twice? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm here, honestly. But I just wanted to be a part of something. <laughs> a part of something. You know, dudes stick together. A part of something. You, know? you broke the flow. You. Bro- <laughs> <laughs> the symmetry is gone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, but, it, <laughs> but yes, I have I have now seen it. I've now seen it twice. I always try to add context to this for the whole movie theater conversation because we've talked about it before. Joey Waikey, I've heard it a million times from me uh, at this point, so I'm I'm a, I'm as sick of hearing it as anybody else. But like, I don't go to the movies often. Um, the, our current times being a big reason for that, but also I have movie theater worker brain, uh, which heavily affects how I do a lot of things. It was funny because Joey and I were talking the other day. I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Wikey, but we were talking the other day about refills. And Joey's like, I need my refill. <laughs> I need my popcorn. I'm like, I, I feel you. I get you. I see you. But also, I see you, Al. I see you. <laughs> but um, uh, my biggest joy in life at this moment is when people come up to the counter and say, can I get a refill my popcorn? And I say... No, because <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, damn. So again, it's such a different perspective. But um, yeah. So because of all that, I haven't really gone to the movies. Like 
on on that note, not to like dive too much into this whole thing, but like you guys have been to the movies at this point, like a good like I know Joey's been like like thirty or so times, close to forty at this point, yeah. And then Waikiki, how many times have you been? I, I lost track. I know, like I, with Avatar alone, <laughs> it's like fifty. <laughs> yeah, I will say I started going to the movies more once I signed up for AMC A list because like living in the cities mm-hmm. and trying to go see movies as a hobby, it's just not fucking feasible. But when you yeah. have AMC A right. list, it's way more convenient because that's like what two dollars a movie a month basically. Like that's really good, mm-hmm. and that like. Because of that, I was able to go see Top Gun Maverick. I was able to go see 3,000 Years of Longing or Triangle of Sadness and stuff like that. Like, I've been able to go out and see movies more. But even... Which is good. Which is good. But, like, even then, so, it's like, if you're going out to the movies, make sure you're being safe and make sure you know what you're doing. Wear your mask when you can. (laughs) Mm. So, like, I've seen eight, nine, ten experiences but nine movies <laughs> within this past within this past uh two year period because i found moments where i could see the movie that i would want to see and I've, I've been much more selective with the movies that i want to watch and in the case of this movie um we could probably get into this aspect of it as well because i think this is probably a big talking point is that this movie is being shown in so many different ways yeah because there's the 3d aspect which was just a given um, but also the big talking point is the high frame rate, the 48 frames per second, which uh, is not the whole thing, but it's definitely massive chunks of the movie that are 48 frames. And so um, that was a big talking point amongst us even. And we've all had a more or less similar experience with it. Um, the first time I saw it was in the 3D in the high frame rate. And I was like, I, 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 I wasn't as taken out by that, but I still wanted to see it. Because, like, I know Joey did something similar. He saw it a second time in the standard, Mm -hmm. uh, no 3D, uh, standard frame rate situation. So I wanted to do something similar. So that's what I did this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was watching the movie, and it's just as beautiful as it ever was, that movie. I I definitely had a better time, but I think most of it was just that because I've seen it before and I loved it, and so now I'm seeing it again. And I've been able, I'm able to experience it, uh, having seen it before, and just confirming to me that I still liked it. And, um, yeah. So that was, that was sort of weird. And I wanted to not say anything until we recorded. <laughs> Understandably so. You see, but that was interesting because with me, my first screening, even though I saw it in IMAX 3D, it was not in 48 frames per second. It was in. The- was it listed? on sorry was it listed on like your website do you when you did you buy the tickets online at all yeah i buy them through the amc app and it did not specify at all and i which mm, yeah that bothers me a little it bothers me too yeah because i really feel like i really feel like that's important because like there are cinephiles like us that really want to see what that 48 frames per second looks like because that's what james cameron's been hyping up with this movie and now mm-hmm. you're going to go into these screenings and then you might not know if you're going to get the standard high fr- the standard frame rate or the high frame rate and it's just kind of annoying like i guessed for my second screening so it's like with the second screening i was like okay i saw this one in IMAX in the theater closest to me i'm going to go to the laser IMAX cuz that's one that one's higher quality and let's see what happens i go and see that one in IMAX uh laser high and then 20th Century Studio logo comes on, and my face immediately goes. <laughs> yes. It's so weird, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> You're like, wait, hold on. Well, it was funny. It was 
Slow down. What was funny is there was a guy sitting right next to me, and dude, he was an Avatar fanboy. He already had the AMC Avatar glowing cup and the Avatar like, <laughs> like bowl. He had a shirt that said "I Heart Avatar." Like, <laughs> shout out to that guy because you are the biggest Cameron fan I've probably seen. In we a see long you, that guy. I, I see you. Okay. We see you, that guy. <laughs> but it's like. And dude, he was writing notes about the movie too while while we were watching it. So I was just like, I wanted to do that in my two D screening. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there going, like, dude, you're you're into this movie. I respect that. But dude, like, oh, the so minute good. like the high frame rate started, my face went like, what the hell? Like I scrunched, and then he turned to me like, like, are you dis <laughs> like you're disrespecting Cameron's artistic choice? And I'm like. Yeah, because it looks weird. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> like, all right. And not to say that it looks bad, because I'm really not of the mindset that says, like, film has to be this all the time, because it's like that, because mm. I think that's just an elitist mindset. But I don't think that this is really having the effect that James Cameron wants from it, because it's not really immersing me more in the story. Maybe it's because I notice stuff like frame rates, so it's like that stuff sticks out to me a lot more. So maybe for people like us, it's more distracting, and like your normal film goers, they might not notice it. Like, like I'm curious what a gamer will think of this movie, because I know there are gamers out there that are really, like, they'll see 60 frame per second renditions of movie scenes, and they'll say like, oh yeah, I really like this, because it's a much more smoother image. And to their credit, and to this movie's credit, there are moments in the action scenes when it does switch to the high frame rate, and I'm like, it does actually help yep. with like keeping track mm -hmm. of things going on in the action scenes, like especially since they're really quick, yeah. and there's a lot of things going on, so it's like, in that aspect it helps, and even in the nature shots with Pandora, it made it feel almost like a right. National Geographic documentary, and I'm like, oh, that is actually like really really like immersive in that sense but i guess it's just it's hard because in a movie with a narrative where you fucking resurrect a character as a blue person i'm not sure if i really want to feel like there's national geographic scenes spliced into it so i don't know like if i had to prefer a version it will be the 48 frames version but i will say people should see the 48 frames version just to make up their own opinion on it because i do think it is an interesting experiment to say the least um i just want to bring this up too because i don't know if we brought i don't know like i don't know how many of our listeners know about like high frame rate and all that stuff Tra traditionally speaking and i'm oversimplifying it because yeah. that's, mm. what I, that's what i'm good at sometimes um oversimplification 24 frames when you watch a movie that is the standard it's been the standard that's for a long ass time. Most every every movie you've seen will be in 24 frames per second. Like notable things like The Hobbit, Gemini Man have experimented with the 48 frames per second. And like like you said, most video games um, do work better or uh, use higher frame rates for rendering and whatnot. So when you're going to see Avatar and it looks a little bit smoother, almost like motion smoothing on a TV or something, that's when the 48 frames kicks in and you know in the case of avatar it does like start right at the beginning of the 20th century logo and then periodically once we get to like like nature shots or action scenes that's when it jumps back into it again so 
Yeah. I do like that he was a little bit more restrictive of it. Like, if he had done it the entire movie, like with the Hobbit movies, I probably would have been taken out of it. But was the was it the entire thing? Because I I mean I never watched for the, the Hobbit. Hobbit it theaters. was. Um, I saw I saw the Hobbit in 3D high frame rate. They didn't charge an extra thing because it was high frame rate, and they told you it was high frame rate. By the way, as well. So we're we've got we're going backwards. All right, Jimbo, Jimbo, you got to fix this. All right. Um, no, maybe you got to Jim... call them call them chains up. Now maybe Jim knows about this. Maybe Jim is making sure that they don't see they they don't know that it's high frame rate, so they could just get into <laughs> surprise. it. Surprise! It's like, hey, surprise, guys! <laughs> you got a bonus. <laughs> ah, what's up? No, but like Hobbit, I remember it was very weird in the Hobbit. Um, in this movie. It was strange because I could see the argument like, okay, maybe you don't want it for the whole thing, but it was definitely weird because it would suddenly just change. Yeah. Like yeah. there would be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like a dialogue scene and then it just like, would you? it's. I was like, am I, pl- am I watching somebody play a video game right now? Because that was the feeling I had for a lot of it. And that's why, listen, when I saw it in the standard 2D presentation, uh, I, that's when I was really like, okay, this is a genuinely great movie. I was able to, yeah. mm-hmm. I was less distracted. There were moments that looked like that it wanted to go to high frame rate. Then it was like, oh, wait, 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 we're not going to do that. Don't worry, we're not, we're, I, we're not that I, version. I noticed that, actually. We're not that version. Don't worry. We're not. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I noticed that one. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Cameron said that it's like, no, I came up with a process so we could still show it 48 frames per second in screens that only show 24 frames per second. It doesn't work. But but it's funny, Wikey, because... Sorry to interrupt, but like on the, I was listening to the Blank Check podcast, they were talking about how their projector malfunctioned. Oh, a lot, and this has been going on with a bunch of projectors because a lot of them are probably mm-hmm. not used to doing this, and not used to doing 3D. Because when was the last time we had a 3D movie of note? Right. <laughs> like, sorry, but I just wanted to bring that note. It's like Avatar revolutionized the whole 3D thing, and it's like so much time has passed that 3D TVs aren't even a thing anymore. Nope. Um. Like, like I don't even remember. I think the last time I saw a movie in 3D was like 2013. The last movie I saw in 3D was the Avatar re-release, <laughs> <laughs> and the la- and the movie before that was Endgame, and that was just because it was the only IMAX screen I could find. <laughs> that was what happened to me with The Force Awakens. Um, my first showing of that was 3D because I could only get an 830 3D. I forgot. I saw that in 3D too, so 2015. But I think the last movie that I actively sought out in 3D was Gravity. Um, oh yeah, that that was that and Life of Pi, where I think were like for me like the last couple of times I can remember where the 3D was incredible. Yeah, right. If I had to say, this is probably my favorite 3D experience I've had in a long ass time because Same. because I think the thing Cameron understands. I mean, he invented this like technology. So of course he understands how to use it, but yeah. I'm just watching like shots in this movie. And I'm like, man, the depth of field is so realistic and immersive. Well, it just, after a while you forget that the movie is 3d and you just are so immersed in the story. And I really yeah. think that's what the 3d is supposed to like, like get across. Yes. It's not supposed to be yes. some thing like like I went to go see um 
Friday the 13th part 3 in 3D. Like back in the old days when it was red and when it red and blue. <laughs> There's a scene where one of the stoner characters freaking passes you a 3D joint. Like and it does that thing where it does like <laughs> did you did you accept? Yes, I did accept the boof. But it's like <laughs> Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. That's what we want. But it, but it's like it's like when you watch how James Cameron executes 3d in both of his avatar movies the 3d is not the point it's a tool to immerse you into the story and yes and that's really what it's supposed to be it's a he's trying to commit to peak immersion and just like sucking you into the story with just the like most like technologically advanced way possible and it's like i know he's been pushing for like 3d without the glasses maybe we'll get that by five or something but it's, but mm. like even then, I'm like I really think that if you want the full experience for this movie, you have to see it in 3D because it even if you hate 3D, like I hate putting the 3D glasses over my glasses because I wear glasses and it's a not nuisance to do it sometimes because that you can't push it on your eyes all the way, but you forget about that because you're just so entranced by just the visuals and like how the mm. depth of field work and stuff like that. And I remember someone said that this, like when Scorsese was saying Marvel movies were like theme park rides, it's like James Cameron took that antidote. And I was like, what if I made like a movie that is a ride, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like in the best possible way, because this pushes that and it is so great for it i feel like <laughs> like any any time there was an underwater sequence like and like the beautiful music you're seeing the kids learn to breathe underwater and they're like riding those like um, the elus like the elus elus thank you um and uh just all of that are are when loak was riding with uh was it Pyacon or pilacon pilacon um and just any scene that was like that, you're just, especially in 3D, your your brain is just like, wow. But my favorite shot... What am I looking at? My favorite shot in both versions um, is when their first time they're like sw- like swimming underwater and they're like, oh, where where's Kiri, the Sigourney Weaver character? And you cut mm-hmm. to Sigourney Weaver uh, as a teenage Navi blue person swimming. Uh. <laughs> and it is, it is the most beautiful thing I've seen in like a big movie. Adding all those elements in... Like jokingly, yeah, but like, like James Cameron took a a woman who's I think in her seventies, right? Yes. Um, playing a fourteen year old, um, in mocap underwater, and in three D, and it's the most amazing thing you've ever it's seen. So, like, like it's these impossible elements coming together, and you're like, how the fuck does this work? Greece couldn't do this. <laughs> like, like what? No, but, what? But my my thing is like, um, because obviously the action in this movie is spectacular. But yeah, what I like about the Avatar franchise is that it's a franchise where a lot of the best moments are like the awe and wonder of it. Yes. And I don't think the Marvel movies, and we talked about a number of Marvel movies that we liked on this program, but like the Marvel yes. movies don't generally produce awe and wonder, and a lot of big movies don't do that. They're for the thrills and the excitement or the cameos. Whereas this, I'm just like, I could just sat there for six hours, honestly. You're vibing. I'm just vibing with, like, that second act where they're just chilling out in the ocean and stuff. Fantastic. 
like 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 when Kiri's just got her head in the water and like they don't kind of make a fun of her for staring at the sand. I'm like, that's me. That was, that was yeah, another beautiful that's shot. Me. Just staring at the sand. Yeah, man. I, I'm vibing right now. We need um, vibes back in the cinema. We do need vibes. Vibes back in the blockbusters, yeah, man. That's what I love about this movie because it's like. I was thinking about this, and it's like there is that element where it's like a lot of movies nowadays. It just feels like it has to be just like everything. It's like the big. We gotta keep going. We gotta keep going. Breakneck pace, like the rise of. We gotta make all the money at one weekend. Like, I think about like how the rise of Skywalker. They jump to like seven planets in the span of twenty minutes, and I'm just like. <laughs> Sorry, Wikey. I forgot to mention we don't we don't say that title. <laughs> Without triggering Joey's like, like gas and his like guttural reflexes. But yeah, but it's like you got storytelling like that where it's just like everything is just so intense. Everything is just so we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And then you got a movie like this that is very patient, very quiet, and it just lets you just get enamored with the world and the story. It's like, and like what you guys were saying, like on wonder. It's like. When have we had, like, on Wonder like that since either the first Avatar or, like, Jurassic Park? Like, like it's, like, a few examples, but it's few and far yeah. between. Life of you know? Pi, again, another one of the best 3D movies, I think, mm-hmm. is one of the few, like, on Wonder movies. Three years out. And, and again, the t- from a director that gives a shit. From a director that gives a shit, but also, the, the pull quote for every disc release of that movie is, A Visual Marvel, or Visual Miracle, The Next Avatar. And it's like, that, that really was. That was the only other person who was like, James Cameron's like, who's with me? And Angley's like the only other person who's like, me. Yeah. I mean, not only that, I mean, like, he he, he was like, oh, for, oh, 48 frames per second? How about 120 frames per second? <laughs> <laughs> Two Will Smiths. <laughs> We're going to do it. <laughs> Angley to direct Avatar 4 and 5. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, that dude gets vibes. He does. Listen, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to it if James Cameron needed like a break. But yeah, like I just love like the patience and just the slow moments with the characters because it really lets you get to know them and really it makes the stakes from when the sky people attack feel more personal and feel more like grounded in some kind of like like emotional stakes because you have connected with these this world and these people like they they allow you to take the time for it rather than just like yeah. oh you're here now the bad guys are here oh <laughs> no like you get to, you get to fall in love with the Sully family yeah you get to meet the Metkayina people uh Tonawari played by Cliff Curtis and Renal played by Kate Winslet which it, the, I first off you know, Joey knows I love Cliff Curtis. <laughs> One of our notes is uh, Cliff Curtis, aka Richard's BFF. That man is is amazing, um, and I have his action figure right next to me. His his Navi. May I just say I love the scene with hit between him and Jake when Jake is trying to ride one of the ride one of what are they called the skin wings the skin wings and he's like yes, maybe you should start with an elu no no this one all right just just hold on and remember dive qu- yeah yeah I got this and he's just like okay all right listen I wanted Avatar two and a half where it's just Jake Sully and Totowari having like dad moments <laughs> no see see what the, like the thing is like. Because, like, like, we were saying this before, like, 
Ronel, like, really is, like, I feel like she's the one that's really in charge. <laughs> yeah, she, she is like, scary. Like, I, I imagine, like, um, like, there, like, if there was football on Pandora, um, Cliff Curtis and Jake <laughs> Sully would be watching football, and Ronel would be like, what the fuck are you doing? You have a, you, Get to work! You are an embarrassment. You, why are you wearing this jersey? And, take she's, it off. and she's pregnant while she's doing this. Yes. She's like, you pieces like, of shit. I, Get to I work. love that part when, like, like, like again, like you were saying, Richard, Kate Winslet's pregnant, and like, like later towards the third act, when she grabs her gear, and then Cliff Curtis is like, "You should stay back," and then she just, "I ride." She's like, "I and ride." He just doesn't. He does not like debate it. He's just like, "Okay." He knows better. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> and and then also early in the movie, we get Natiri pregnant with uh, Nateum, and uh, she's hunting. You're like. Respect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nothing but. Nothing but. Um, I mean, there's a lot to to go over with this. We we touched upon like what's Jake Sully. Like, what's the general story? Is my question. Well, I mean, we should know because we've all at least seen it yeah. twice. Yeah. So if we don't know. <laughs> like, if I was if I was the listener, like, what's the movie about? Um. Well. Well. Yes. Yeah, so it's been so. <laughs> It's, it's been, been. <laughs> uh, well. It's been 13 years. Jake Sully is a father. We have mentioned that, and um, well, it's been peacetime at Pandora for a while now. He's just been chilling, but now the Sky People have returned, and they are returning not for unobtainium, and they have come to terraform Earth because full, full on colonization. Terraform Pandora. You yep. mean? Yeah, Terraform Pandora. Sorry, they're terraforming Pandora because. So it's just, it's General Zod. All ah! le- led led by Tony Soprano's wife of all people. <laughs> Nurse Jackie. She, she has come to make Pandora the new home, and but before they can do that, they need to. She has to drink coffee. Yeah, she has to drink. She's gonna drink, drink coffee, coffee with her robot arm. Let Elon Musk yeah. know what's going on. That was that was a very like Jeff Bezos thing. Just her drinking coffee with a machine arm, like because I think I've even seen Bezos do that. <laughs> oh, he would. But it's like, but anyway, they've come. They've come to make Pandora the new home for humans. However, they can't do that before they have to get rid of the Navi, and to do that, they have to kill Jake Sully. And how to do that? Well, to resurrect the one person who got close, which was Miles Quaritch himself, Stephen Lang. Somehow he returned. (laughs) Which, in another Cameron thing, like Cameron loves to invert the story of the first movie, I've noticed, in his sequels. Because he does it in Aliens. He's like, okay, you had one alien. Let's have a bunch. And now in Terminator 2, he's like, oh, the villain in the first movie, let's make him a hero. So in this one, how he does it, he's like, let's give the villain of the first movie Jake Sully's arc from the first movie, sort yeah. of. Because like, mm-hmm. I was watching it again, and I was like, it's like, okay, so they use Quaritch as the vessel to kind of play first movie's greatest hits. This <laughs> is... <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like he straight up says the line, "like you're not in Kansas anymore, we're going to Pandora," which I'm just like, I mean, like I'm glad that I mean I knew Cameron was gonna reference the first movie, but I was like, okay, you're going that direct again, okay. 
Sully did it the hard way. That's one of my favorite scenes well, right, with Warwick, honestly, because I loved like <laughs> he just sucks the banshee, and I don't know face. why, but seeing him just hiss was also just kind of oddly satisfying. <laughs> But, like, so anyway, Quaritch has come back to Earth. No, come back to Pandora, God. <laughs> Doing this again. <laughs> I did this in the Spider-Man episode, too. It's like... It's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. We, d- we mistake all the time, but we also have the power of editing. <laughs> Let's just hope I don't pull a Randy. <laughs> oh, listen, listen. Randy, I used to love him, but when he misquotes James Cameron movies... Not- <laughs> Not here. Not here. We're not doing it. I've seen the movie three times. I better not misquote it. <laughs> but but even even before um even like just going back a little bit like basically the the sky people return mm-hmm. right it is a very yeah. upsetting scene yeah um when they when they come back oh my god and you're just re- yeah. I mean again we all we all know here Zoe Saldana is fantastic but like that's that scene oh my god she's she probably as a, a as far as any of the characters, she probably has the most heartbreaking arc. Yeah, honestly, through the whole thing. Yeah, because like she, she, like she has to leave her home. Yeah. Which I mean, she has. I mean, she like you know because the sky people are coming after the Sully family, um, and you know she's she's adapting, she's doing her best, but then of course, um, you know, towards the end of the movie, a very tragic thing happens when they lose one of the kids, yes. which we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and then she goes full full rage mode. Oh. Um, and, and one of probably the most like exciting, but the most like intense action scenes, just seeing her like rage, like you kind of get why spiders like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) That whole, that whole, like that whole three on three, like, like dual, like sun for sun scene that set, that's going to set such a template for three now. Cause it's like, where, Mm. like, where is spiders mindset now? Where it's like your sort of surrogate mother. I mean, like maybe not so much surrogate mother because I guess Spider was more like not so much a son, more like an a, like a neighbor boy in a sense. Yeah, like I I related to Spider because like I remember when I was a kid, my friends uh, that I was close with, my neighbors, their mom at a point because I started dressing a certain way was like, I don't want him in the house. So she was always <laughs> Aldana. <laughs> She she was kind of Zoe Saldana. She probably would have you know held a knife. But we should say <laughs> Spider also turns out is the son son of human he's baby Quarch. Baby yeah. Quarch. Okay, um, <laughs> but he's also Tarzan. Uh, <laughs> and Tarzan Quarch. So he's he's sort of part of the family. But the best way I could describe it is kind of like you remember how Catelyn Stark just didn't like Jon Snow. Yeah. I think that's the way yeah. to describe Natiri and Spider's relationship <laughs> in a way. Yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate for sure. Because there, there's attacks going on, Jake becomes basically an eco terrorist, and uh, you know blows up. There's a train robbery. A train robbery. That's so. There's a train robbery cool. scene. That was the. That yeah. was such a cool action scene. Like oh. I, will, I will admit <laughs> when when that. Sorry, when that I was just gonna say when that happened, my first thought was Joey's gonna be so happy. <laughs> I will admit, like when I saw it in the high frame rate that train fight scene, I was like, maybe I do like this frame rate. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the places I liked it too, admittedly. 
But, mm-hmm. yeah. but that's such a great action scene. Like, I want to, I love how it just sets the precedent of like how Jake has been fighting with the humans nonstop for a year, essentially. Like, like no, we are not stopping. And I also like how it gets uh, his sons in the action a little bit more and it sets the precedent of how they work. Because Jake is a very, well, he's a Marine and like that's all he knows. And that's, mm-hmm. you see how yeah. that's how that goes into how he raises his kids. Like, because there's that. Yeah, uh, yeah like the tier, the tier is like, this isn't a squad this is a family but and jake's just like well he almost they almost died and it's like you really start to feel the weight of that on that and also it's like it's sexy expectations between like nateum the older brother and lolak the younger brother like their relationship i thought was very like engaging and compelling like i i am an older brother like i have a younger i have mm-hmm. a younger sibling and stuff like that you have a Loak? <laughs> yeah, well, technically, I am also a Loak because I'm also a middle child because I have an older brother and an older sister. So, oh. like, that kind of relationship I can relate to wholeheartedly. Mm. And and just how they portray it is so, like, I don't want to say real, but it just it, it feels authentic. authentic. Yeah. Yes, it does. It feels authentic, and it really gets you into the story. And I also love... This movie has a great theme about how the kids like teach the parents and how by the end of the movie in a weird the the kids save the parents in the mm-hmm. end. It's really their movie. Yeah, that was I liked that yeah. a lot actually. And it kind of what what Jake was like I see you to Loak like as like a weird kid myself. <laughs> like I was like that's beautiful. Um I love it. But I definitely um what's the older son's name again? I always forget. Nateum. 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 I related to him a lot because there'd be times like no, no, he didn't. Mike, Mike didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's fine. <laughs> Mike, what are you doing? <laughs> Get away from the you whale! Keep your scown ass here. <laughs> yes, we just used. Oh, here's the, oh scown. Listen, bro, bro, oh, bro, you butthole. Like, I, I, like, listen. It's one of those things where, like, sometimes you're so in love with a movie, you're in love with the flaws too. So I love oh, that yeah. they say oh, bro yeah. 80 zillion times, but also my favorite, other favorite stupid thing was whenever, like, Spider was, like, holding on to, like, a banshee or another creature. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro, I'm good. We can go, bro. Or I, or I love the bit when uh, he's being like, tor- like it's terrible to say that he's being tortured, but th- when Spider's get- getting tortured for information, he's like, I don't know, you buttholes! Yeah. <laughs> oh god! I, I just think it's hilarious that I just think Whoa. it's hilarious that Kyrie references ET by calling Lolak penis breath in the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, so that means that Jake Sully had the time to recite the entire plot of E.T. the extraterrestrial in the style of Christian Bale in, uh, what was that freaking dragon movie that he was in with, uh... Oh, um, Ray of Fire? Ray of Fire, that's it! Like, yeah, I'm yeah. just imagining him t- telling the story of E.T. in the style of that. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, I love that, that that happens right when, uh, the movie's like, okay... Whenever they're speaking like to each other, it, you can hear it in English now. Because yeah. because so. them trying to speak in Navi the whole time, we don't have time for that. We <laughs> so we get a nice like penis breath like right there. It's like it's a perfect perfect English introduction. It is a very it's sweet. a nice clean way. Sorry, it was a nice clean way of getting us to just to that point. Yeah, 
And yeah. not only that, it's like he actually he sticks to it because when it goes to um, when Quaritch kidnaps the kids, the kids are all still speaking in Navi, but they're speaking in English, the recombinants. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, right. that's a nice deed. I didn't notice that. <laughs> it like it was funny because like I was when I was watching it again, it made me think of. Did you guys see the Woman King? Did you see it, Wikey? Not yet. There's um because in that movie, like it's set in Africa and like all the main characters are African and then like uh, the French like slave people are coming to like, you know, do the slave trade stuff. And throughout the movie, like obviously they're all speaking English to each other, the African characters, but they, they make it seem like they're speaking African. Right. So like, so like, um, like when the French are speaking, there's like a point when there's like a French slave trader talking to John Boyega's character. And he's like, uh, if you're in my village, you're speaking my language. And so then you start speaking English. But obviously, you know, it's easy to figure out they're actually like speaking their native Interesting. language. Interesting. I like that. So it's 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 so it's kind of like I was like, OK, this that, that kind of made me think of that a little bit. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Honestly. Yeah. Um, but but going back to the story, um, it gets to a point and they realize that Quartridge has returned. Uh-huh. And mm. this is when Jake has to make that terrible like that decision they gotta leave actually and also in a lot of ways not to spoiling this made me think a lot of dune messiah so if we ever get a dune messiah movie you're gonna be like joey was right it's like way of water (laughs) he teased it he predicted it specifically the part where timothy chalamet says penis breath um (laughs) you know he's going to too yes um but (laughs) like he's just talking to sadea penis breath yes um, so now Jake has to move his family out, but it isn't just like, oh, we're just going to move out now. No, they have to basically, it almost is like a weird, like soft exile kind of thing. Like, yeah. they, like, right. They cut Jake and the Teary's all upset. I'm sure her mom, CCH Pounder is incredibly upset at this, yeah. you know? So Jake like, Sully's like, they're not right. Omatakaya anymore. They're not Omatakaya. No. So now what is Jake's idea? I'm not going to burn Omatakaya. I'm going to go the Metkayina now. That's who I'm going to go to. <laughs> I'm going to go hang out with the Reef people. All the Reef people and all their and all their Navi racism. <laughs> I got Cliff Curtis again. <laughs> Cliff Curtis. Uh, the program was brought to you by Cliff Curtis Action Figures. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we obviously they go they go to um, you know they go to the Reef. Uh, you know meet obviously everybody down there and. You know, it's like, listen, listen, buddy, your tail, like, your body is not made for the reef. And we really, it's really the first time we really get to see, like, different, like, Navi, like, like, subs. Yeah. Like, because, like, obviously, when you look at the, um, look at the reef people, their hands, they're, like, giant. Okay. I love it. And they're, like, they have fins on their arms. Yeah. They got their, their tails are, like, flat, sort of, like, fins as well. And then they have, like... They're more aerodynamic. Yeah, and I love how the blue is a lot lighter too. You know, and they have yeah. blue eyes mm-hmm. rather than the yellow eyes. Like I'm so like full context. I saw a, a clip of this movie in an end credit scene in the first Avatar re-release, and it was actually the scene when uh, Jake's kids go free diving for the first time. Mm-hmm. And like I remember taking note, I was like, the sea navi look different, and I was like, that is so cool. Like I love how they are built for the water like it shows that they have evolved Mm -hmm. to like like be one with the water essentially and it makes that line like more like heavy when it says like keep them 
keep them the shame of being useless. <laughs> because really, it's like that was, that was a good. It's like Curtis. really, it's like that they was pretty good actually. Because yeah. it's like they they're not built for the water. They they're built. They're like cat lion people. They're built for running trees and stuff like that. They're not. They're built for Broadway, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> but but what's also but what's also interesting about this too is that Jake you know Jake doesn't really have much yeah like he you see like oh haha he falls off the skim skim wing at a point but Jake is used to like people doubting him right yes. he has no problem people doubting his ability yeah. or like thinking oh he's not ready for this cuz he's used to that right he's used to being the underdog but everybody else everybody else in his family they all they've known is the forest. Yeah. And all you know are like flying around on banshees, riding on dire horses and all that stuff. But they come here, you know, and also too the added thing, because Jake's, Jake's kids are, you know, they're, they're, they're half a- avatar Navi and pure mm-hmm. Navi. So they got, you know, extra digits right on, on their hand, right? At least low lock and, uh, Kyrie do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, because like, I because because Net Netayam has just he's more Navi ish. He looks more I like Natiri when you look at yeah. him. Um, yeah, but like you know, because you figure, oh, the Omatakai they're just used to them, right? Look like Kiri and and Loak looking the way they do. But then when they come here, they're like, look at these guys. Yeah, those are weirdies. Those tails, those tails aren't nah. It's what's, like what's not only the are your fingers yeah. not right, you, don't, you have a weird tail. Why do you have bush on your tail? <laughs> Like they're like you freaks. Are you a freak? Like there's a lot of that like like kind of playground thing amongst the kids. Like are you a freak? Because you must be. Like someone described it like Stephen King bullies, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it, they do kind of feel like Stephen King bullies in the yeah. that way. But it's a great kind of. It's essentially you're going through Jake's journey from the first movie, but you're seeing it through the kids, and I think having it through these younger characters makes for a much more relatable story i feel like because jake in the first movie it's like he's a soldier so a lot of that stuff makes it feel like you know it's just part of the job where with this one it's like they the kids are a lot more emotionally volatile so the way they react to things is a lot more human i feel like like when like when Kyrie's getting picked on and then um nateum and lolak immediately come in to defend her and first, Nateum is just like, let's walk away. And then when they're like, look at them, they're all freaks. And then Loak immediately is like, yeah. It's like, check, check, see what it, see what it can do? <laughs> it's called a punch, bitch! I love that so <laughs> no, but even better, even better is the aftermath of that scene. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it's like, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Jake's just like, you, know, you can't do this. You got to be friends with them. And then he talks to the older kid. He's like, hey, how do they look? Where's... Good. 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 Get out of here. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Red Dead. It's like it really just a great, like, it adds so much, like, humanity to Jake's character. Yes. Because, okay, you don't want his kids beating up people, but at the same time, you're like, okay, this is. This is clearly, I can see a character. I see you. <laughs> I see you, Jake. Magic. But this fight also leads to um, one of the best friendships I've seen in like a in a movie in a while. So, Lolak goes to apologize, uh, and these bastards, they just leave him to die at the Three Brothers Rock. Which I'm just like, okay, what kid does this shit? But then I've seen people do worse shit in real life, so I don't, so... Sadly. So, Lolok is almost attacked by, like, what I assume is some Pandora shark, but then he is saved by a Tukun, who is an outcast called, who we've talked about, uh, Payakan, who 
has a missing fin because he was attacked by the sky people, or rather his mother was attacked by the sky people and was murdered. And for revenge, he went after them and lost his fin and Navi people and Tukun died in the process. And because of that, mm-hmm. it, now for full disclosure, um, according to James Cameron and the Navi, in the days of the first songs, as they like to refer to, they've they mentioned that a lot in the first movie as well. Um, mm, yep. uh, the Tukun um, reject any kind of death, murder at all. So it's if a Tukun murders or is responsible for death, they are considered an outcast. So Payakan has become an outcast of the Tukun. He is not part of them, and he just swims alone. And Lolak very much relates to that because, well, he's the younger brother is trying to live up to the high expectations of his dad, which is hilarious because he's probably the most like his dad out of any of his kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially that one scene where it's like, show me your fingers. Just flicks off Quaritch. I'm like, yeah, he's Jake Sully. That's that's Jake. Like, like, <laughs> like, like you're his, aren't you? <laughs> but it just leads to such a beautiful, beautiful friendship because it's just them. Mm-hmm. swimming getting to know each other and just becoming like it's a very unlikely friendship but it's also an unwanted friendship because mm-hmm. you find out later that the that the Medakahina people like do not mm-hmm. allow did not want this to happen like it's a it, it's a very like tense moment but it leads to a very very sweet scene between uh, with Lolak and uh and uh, what's the daughter's name god um yeah what is the daughter's name the, I mean, the that's the only thing uh, like i liked yeah. all these characters by the way too like i'm not rem- like remembering all their names but like Same. i really li- i was really impressed with like oh wow these are people i actually care about well it's I'm bailey bass's character but it's like it but it- uh Sire- 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 it's shortened to raya that's right so we'll just yeah. okay but, uh- um I, I, yeah <laughs> um no, like speaking of the whale though, uh Paya Khan, uh just the friendship is also like like that that emotional moment when uh Lolak and all the siblings are kidnapped by Korich and his and his goons, if you will. And um that mo like it, it's it, it gears you up so much because when Payakan sees it and he's like, Motherfucker, he's <laughs> he's got my boy gunpoint I gotta take care of this. So he leaps onto the deck of that the boat. That was so awesome. And then he starts slapping him with his fins. And I'm like, hell yeah. These things are like bulletproof. So it's just like, they're like. <laughs> when like the like the explosive tip harpoon like comes at him and he just dips his head and then it just. No, but the best part about all this is like, like they have like, hor- like sort of like horns on, on their like. On, on their head, yes. right? And the best is when he yeah. like sort of tangles up oh! like the really strong cable. Yes, and it's arm for an arm. And he bitch! gets at Scor- Scoresby, um, who was an interesting uh, character. I love the line: uh, "We can't get out. <laughs> get in." <laughs> or like, or like, does he say something like, "We got to get this money"? Let's make some money. This bank. <laughs> oh yeah, bank. Like, and he bank. does like a snap, and I'm like. What are you? He's got some. What are you? Got some sass. You know what, man? I'm not even gonna say it because it's too. It's maybe he doesn't deserve, but whatever. But like, what I also <laughs> like that we discover through that is that we're no longer really talking about unobtainium too much anymore. No. 
Um, now we are that's old news. That's old news. Now we have golden um, Tolkun uh, brain juice that is the fountain of youth. So now we're getting some Ponce, more colonial, like Ponce de Leon kind of connections going on yeah. here. You know, yeah. Um, and we just see like they just waste the whale after yeah. that. Yeah, and like that, yeah, it's like. Not just Ooh, any whale, man. Oh, when Renal when Renal sees that whale, oh, because it's yeah. Renal's friend, and they set it up so beautifully too, like the friendship they have with the whales. And, and she, she's like, "Your your son is your son is beautiful," and and, and they're like, "Oh, how how is your baby straw?" And it's like such a wonderful, touching moment. And then you're shattered when when she realizes that her friend is. And gone. it's like, oh man, it really makes me. <sighs> I was thinking back on this movie to the first movie because when. The way when Kate Winslet's uh, Tukun dies, they replay the music from when uh, Home Tree is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And I was really thinking about it, and I was like, "There's not as much destruction and death as there was in the first movie in this one, but the stakes feel a lot more real in this one because they're so much more personal." And yeah, yeah. and it like really hits home because it's so much more tragic because of it, and like especially that scene when Kate Winslet sees the whale and. It's, it's just sunk back forward, and now, and the baby is dead too. I was like, "This is which, 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 like, we didn't even see it." It's just like, "What do you mean the kids?" Like, dead? That was genuinely upsetting, and like, yeah, and but again, like Cameron just knows how to just get your emotions. Like he makes you hate the humans in this one. Like I mm-hmm. kind of going back, like you were saying how like in the beginning the, the humans are already wrecking shit. I just think about that shot when the doors open and it's just the mechs with the glowing blue lights and then you just see the flames of the of the forest fire. They look like demons. And like Yeah. And yeah. just how careless yeah. like the whalers are about like the life on Pandora and stuff like that. Like I, like they're way worse in this movie than they were in the first movie. <laughs> like if you ask me. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, hey, they say demons don't come from hell beneath us. They come from the sky. God. We're <laughs> <laughs> referencing both the rise of Skywalker and Batman versus Superman. <laughs> we also re- we also re- referenced Man of Steel earlier with Zod. Oh my God. We did. <laughs> yeah. Zack Snyder to direct Avatar Four. <laughs> I'd rather release the I, Snyder cut I'd of rather, Avatar for. I'd rather not see. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I I so I cover sh- my eyes to you. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, I god. am blind to you. Oh no! <laughs> but um, yeah, you were saying. But why like, he- it does get you amped up for the action. But it does. But it but it raises the stakes because I love when in the beginning when the Metakaina people are like they're gearing up they're like let's go kill these guys and then Jake's like no we cannot do this otherwise the war is gonna come <laughs> it's like I loved how a lot of it was because in that first movie Jake was just like I don't give a shit I'm just doing whatever I want which made it kind of hard to connect to him in a way because I'm dude why are you doing this there are some parts where I'm just like. You're just doing shit just to do shit at this point. <laughs> like, you know what I mean when I say that? <laughs> but in this yeah, one, it's just like, yeah. like the way he's trying to dial dial it back and like de-escalate the situation. It's just like, it makes him so much more compelling. And it makes that moment when he finally, like, after Quartz says, like, you're going to, it's like, I'm going to come back for you and I'm going to kill your whole family. I love that part when finally he's just like, 
then let's He's get like, it let's done. Get to and he it. finally goes into action. I'm like, yeah. Jake Sully's back, oh, baby. So cool. <sighs> but I, I also <sighs> earlier, I, I think it was earlier in the movie too, when like, uh, you know, um, Natiri realizes that Court Rich is back. And she's like, oh, yes, I will kill you as many times as I have to, demon. And I'm like, oh, I loved their rivalry. Like, I loved how just like I owe you a death. Oh, but I also like Mrs. Sully. (laughs) (laughs) I I love I I just love how ridiculous, like just hearing that it's like, okay, okay, guy. Can we talk about how that third act, though, is literally an amalgamation of every single third act of James Cameron's other movies? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, like we got Titanic, got a little bit of the first Avatar, got a little bit of Alien, got a little bit of T two in there, a little bit of this, a little Piranha bit of the a little bit of T two. Oh my god. It's like, it's just a little bit of everything, but it's amazing. And just also, like, it really, ma- again, like, it just really keeps you going. Because it's like, that action scene just does not stop. From when the kids, no, from when Lolok has to warn Pyakon till the end of the movie is just an adrenaline rush. <laughs> and you don't feel like it, and you and it's earned because you got to know the characters yeah. so well, um... So well in that. You know, can we also can we also give a shout out to Took? I can't believe I'm tied up again. Took. <laughs> that was so. That got a laugh both at both my. My screens. dad's gonna get you. <laughs> the, no, but the goofy, Took, the goofiest. Love thing, you. The goofiest thing was when when she had like a knife and the marine was like, "Drop the knife!" And I'm like, "You are scared of a it's baby." Like, Oh my like, goodness! Like, Get out! I don't want you in my troop. If you're gonna treat a child like that, if you are that scared, it's like, get you're out! A ten foot tall marine, and she is a five foot eight year old Navi. I think you're fine. <laughs> She's like, ah! and I'm like. <laughs> I feel like one thing uh, that we really I, we talked about it here and there, but Kiri oh, is great. yeah. I mean, Richard, you've said like it, we mentioned her because obviously she's like she's really like the big character when you really think she's, about it. Yeah, she is. She is arguably like yes. the most important character because you know, first off, I mean, we have you know the the, the central kids in the Sally family. You know, you got Nateum. Loak uh, and Took are essentially like born children. Like these kids are born from Jake and Natiri. And then you have Kiri, who was actually born from the avatar of uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. A virgin birth. And a virgin birth. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jesus. It's, it's an immaculate um, conception, which I have to um, rest in peace, Franco Harris. Uh, he did the immacu- immaculate reception, which is we'll be celebrating his 50th anniversary. This I have to say it as a Steelers fan. Anyway, rest in peace, Franco. Uh, but no, Kiri um, is also got a strong connection with Awa, which could give you the impression that maybe Awa is the, the father, you know, but again, it's like Jesus, so God you know, God, Jesus, all that stuff. It's like, uh, but, um, um, it's like Jake is like Moses. Yeah. Almost... Jake actually... is like Moses. Yeah. Jake is like, yeah. A, like, a, like almost like a prophet of some sort. And then I feel like, mm-hmm. again, I don't know anything. I don't know shit. 
I yeah. just watched the I mean, twice. I, I was thinking it. about that because like there was I've been having theories about this movie since I saw it. Like kind of like where Kyrie came from and mm-hmm. like what her connection to Awa has. Cause it's like when she tries to connect to the Tree of Souls, she has a seizure. Yeah. Yeah, which that scares the shit. I, like, no. No, is she okay? That was such a freaky scene because she was like all colory and it's like, oh man! Like you're like you're like in the magic moment, and then it's like, no, she's but, she's having a seizure. Yeah, but not only that, like she can just connect to like any of the plant life underwater and then control it with her mind, and it's just like, oh, yeah. So it's just like it makes me go like, okay, yeah. So she's basically freaking Avatar Ray. <laughs> but i'm like so what is the implication of that and where is cameron going with that because okay in the first movie they said like jake was supposed to be the chosen one because he had all those like little butterfly things flying over him and like you think it was so he could save the uh right omatakaya people but in but in this one it's like i really think it is kind of what you were saying joey like maybe it's something where it's like no he's the prophet to bring about the uh, reincarnation of Awa or something like that. And and it leads into my theory because Cameron says that three ends in a way that's definitive. I think Jake's going to die in three. <laughs> I, you know what? I would not, I would not um, be surprised, honestly, because I feel like yeah, I feel like, like I, I could see that, that happening. I think like three is going to be the end of Jake and Quaritch's conflict, but the conflict between the humans and the Navi will continue on into four and five. And that is going to focus on Kyrie mm-hmm. mainly and like Lolok and the kids. And we're going to see how that evolves. Yeah. If I had to guess, that's a theory. I'm putting it out there. And because it's out there, it's not going to happen. But, <laughs> but I'm, o- I'm okay with, I'd be okay with that yeah. because I love yes. these characters. I really, yeah, like, they're all, they're all fantastic. Like, um, I know people, some people compare this to like the force awakens and I think, which I don't agree a hundred percent, but like, I think the one thing that they, that they both do very well is that they introduce the new characters and you immediately yes. like them. More so even than the first movie, I feel like, cuz it's cuz you feel more yeah. personally connected mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. Like I mean, not to say that the characters in the first Avatar weren't great. Like the Navi characters in the first movie, I got into them really good, but it's like they are archetypes. Where in this one it's just like they just feel more human and I feel like again, the age helps with that and it's and again, it's so wild to me that Cameron mm-hmm. was able to just make a 70 year old woman playing a 14 year old feel believable he literally like took the de-aging thing and let was like hold my beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> like listen i have an idea and it's gonna be pretty sweat it's gonna be wild but trust me it's gonna work and it does that leads into one question though what'd you guys think of the voice though i mean yeah it's you know it's you can't hide your age and your voice all that much but like it wasn't I think because of the performance and obviously the motion capture and how great the effects were that Weta did, but um, I I didn't think about it much, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I noticed it, but my my justification for it is that that Kiri is clearly, like, you know, I think the... I was, yeah. The mortal, There's something uh, like special. Something special. She's wise beyond yes. her years. So And honestly, yeah. she didn't sound like... She didn't sound old. Like, she sounded like... Fi- like yeah. you know mm, like i don't yeah. i didn't think like 13 or 14 but like you know it it didn't it didn't bother me either really but it th- that was like yeah i think i think for me there like 
it wasn't even much of an adjustment period to it because like like obviously you go into it if you i mean i'm sure there's some people that probably don't know it but if you do know it you go into it like okay how's this gonna work but and like you could tell at times but again at no point where you're like this sounds weird yeah this this is off-putting like because you're you're so invested in everything and you're so invested in kiri and her whole arc and like how she's connected to awa and how how she's connected even to um uh what what the i i sigourney weaver's character but i'm forgetting the doctor's name grace augustine thank you um and like how she's connected to augustine and because there's even scenes where sigourney weaver is just there like it's like through yeah because um because like in the first movie they set up the whole thing where the navi can connect to their memories through awa and you know connecting to the tree of souls and like just any of the plant life and stuff and so we actually get to see that like almost firsthand in this yeah, movie. That was wild. Um, and how how they're able. That's so wild, especially at the end when you know poor uh, Nateum passes, uh, dies in battle, and uh, at the end of the movie they have the funeral and Jake and Natiri connect to uh, their like the water, like the uh, Metkayina's people's Awa, essentially. They're like this underwater, beautiful underwater tree. And um, how they're able to sort of relive a memory with Nateum, uh when he was a kid when they were fishing at the opening of the movie, which, like, he's like, Dad, why are you crying? And he's like, I'm just happy to see you. Which, by the way, did you notice, um, kind of go- going back to uh, Kiri's scene when she has a seizure, did you notice that that tree went dark right after, she, after her seizure? So I'm I, like, okay, yeah, that has to yeah. set up something. But it does make me fear. Okay, so... We talked about how it's like the the Navi can upload their memories into Awa by connecting to the Tree of Souls and stuff like that. Well, Quaritch is a Navi now. So it's like, what are they going to do mm-hmm. with the fact that he can connect to Awa now? Like, are they going to go some, like, Agent Smith thing where it's just like, oh, he's going to want it for himself and he's... Clouds and quarters, a thousand or it's like this becomes like bigger than him <laughs> or stuff like that. Or is he going to have a redemption arc? Like, I don't know. they what I love about this movie is that, like, there's so much there's... loose ends, but none of them make me feel like, oh, I left the theater unsatisfied. They're more like... That's a great way to say it. Yes, 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 I agree. Like, the whole time watching it, there's at no point that I'm like, this, because this still feels like a complete arc. Yes. You know, especially for Jake, for the kids, because, you know, now they're, now they're sea people. Now they're uh, Metkayina people. Um, so we get this whole narrative for the second movie, but obviously enough is left behind so that when a th- when the third one does come out, you know, there's stuff that we can look forward to. Stuff like, okay, what what what's this gonna do with Kiri? What's this gonna do with Korich? Um, at one point, I was like, what if Korich goes full like cyborg? Oh God! <laughs> like like he's just got like a robot arm or something. Like like he just does it to himself. Like I don't want I I. Sh- I need uh, full American muscle in me. Oh, but can <laughs> we, speaking bullshit. of American muscle, I love that he had a tattoo. That was I love how <laughs> all the freaking recoms have their tattoos. I'm like, they had time to tattoo these Navi avatars. <laughs> Hoorah! The best is that the one dude had sunglasses. They had to make special... <laughs> they built him sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god! It, it, that was good. Um, do you think that lady? God. You think the the one lady marine that was chewing the bubble gum? Do you think she had to like put a whole pack of gum in her mouth because it's like <laughs> she, like they they were like, listen, we're not making you a full 
fucking bubblicious, okay? You're just getting the normal bubblicious. Just eat the whole you pack. Deal with just it. Eat the whole pack. <laughs> like, because <sighs> like a whole like a pack for us would just be like one square for her. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the squares. <laughs> no, but you know what? I'm like, I I really want to see. I want to see like a scene. I know we got a brief glimpse of Earth in like the extended version of yes. um the first Avatar. I would love to see like one of the Navi seeing what the fuck is ha- like what the fuck humans have done to their planet to make oh my god oh god well you see <laughs> like big part of let's see it's what is it's this funny you bring that up because Cameron said by Avatar five they're gonna bring it to Earth. So, I, which I'd be very interested in that. So, oh, and yeah. one of them's called the Seed Bearer, so I'm wondering if that has like if they're gonna like do some like Wally thing where they like plant a like a Pandora tree on Earth to save the ecosystem. Bavel. <laughs> no, no, but see, but while instead of Wally, you have one of the crab robots in this movie. <laughs> Mo. <laughs> The crab robots that just do the fist bump thing before they get in the water. Oh my god. Um, I love how just intentionally dumb this movie is in some scenes. Like, just like... Oh yeah. Just like, knowingly, like... Because if this was like... like, I hate the shit on Marvel. But like, if this was a Marvel movie, they'd be saying these names and then they'd be like, What is that? What does that mean? In this one, they're just like, say it with like, just such confidence. Like, no. mm -hmm. This is weird. Like... (laughs) Tonawari? Huh? That's a weird name for someone to no, have. No, Tonawari. And then it's just Tom Holland. <laughs> what takes you out of the movie yeah, more? I gotta do High it. frame rate, stupid jokes. Uh, <laughs> that's so sort of- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> oh my goodness. Um, but man, like that that whole finale is, is fantastic. Um I just think it's just it's just a complete it's really like the complete package and I think people are going to look at this and it's like yeah, it's 3 hours, but it's it's 3 if flew by in my opinion oh, and i was like yeah. I it's like i could have sat there for much longer i was so emotionally invested the whole time so i'm like i'm just into it yeah the only the only the only thing that upset me the whole time and you guys know this is they get jermaine clement in this movie <laughs> oh i love i love jermaine clement listen listen i'm so happy he was in this movie i'm happy that jermaine clement is involved in avatar but listen, why couldn't he have been a Nazi? You had to make him a marine biologist. He would have been beautiful. You had to make him an American marine biologist next to an, an Australian guy who is sassy. You see? Like, what the hell? I was saying this. And then, like, oh! Uh, Joey, I was saying this to you. It's like, you know what? Jermaine Clements should have been a Navi so that the marine biologist could have been Jason Alexander. So that George could have been a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was in the water. No, no, but but Mikey, I was also saying to you like Giovanni Ribisi, like you know he was playing golf in the first movie. Yeah, like the, his one of his golf balls lands in the in the tulkoons. I reached out into and I pulled out the extraction. And this is why Piacun seeks vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's just the flashback. It's just the I golf, want my ball golf ball landing back. in his air pump. <laughs> that's what. The, that's you what. Lost. No, it's, no it's, instead of Lalak taking the taking the little pi- spike off of his fin, it's him getting the golf ball out of his air pocket. <laughs> oh, I got this. I got this. Hold on. There you Sky, go. Sky people, you lost all right to this golf ball. I said easy, big fella. <laughs> This is my golf ball now. <laughs> um, but I also just like this, like the mythic quality of these of these movies. Um, like one of the mm-hmm. scenes where Loak and um, Payakun are hanging out, and he's just like, you know, my dad came from a star. Yeah. It's like it's like just kind of like a like a cool way to like phrase that. That is on, really like, cool. honestly, yeah. Like you really don't think um, about how like this is this is essentially James Cameron's Star Wars or his Lord of the Rings in a sense, and like the way. The characters mm-hmm. talk about things that happened in this world. It feels very real. It makes the world feel yeah. lived in. Like, like, just because again, like, like they have a word for humans, sky people, and stuff like that. Like they, the phrasing and just everything just makes it just feel so alive. Which is my favorite yeah. in the in the first movie is Dreamwalker, like where they have for for the avatars. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Which is funny because St- Sam Raimi took that for <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. I do want to like I do want to touch upon some of the other like Quaritch. Obviously, we he's a big character in some ways. You could argue he is, like this is an ensemble movie, but he is really one of the main things we're seeing his arc and all that. But what's great about it is he is a clone. Yes, of a, a, a Navi clone, Avatar clone of his um, of his human self. You know, and yeah. I love how they, they really add some like dimension to him with his relationship with Spider and like how he's just like, you know, when, when Natiri is threatening him and even before he he's like willing to let go of, of Loak, he, he's just like, uh, I don't care about him. And like the, the subtle like facial twitches where you're just like, he cares. Yeah. Like you it's like, you that's not it. my kid. That's not my kid. I don't care. Do I even love want. the sh- the scene in the beginning when they go to the battlefield and Quaritch finds his old body. Oh, he picks up the skull and like the picks up the skull. And how tiny it is in his hands. I just love how he just stares at it, sees the scar, and then like just symbolizing just the passing of his old self, just crushes it in his hand. And even and even the image of Natiri's arrows just being yeah. embedded in his yeah. brain oh, forever yeah. because that's what killed him yeah and then he sees him again he's like mrs sully is that love, you i love stephen lang's face <laughs> then he sees it again and then tuke's like yeah you're dead i even love stephen lang's Screwed face when he sees the arrow for the first time like an bow and arrow killed me like i love how you kind of see that Damn like, it. in his face like and again it's really mm. gonna i'm really am curious where they're gonna take him in the third movie because it's like like is the RDA even going to want to keep him around now since he failed twice? Like, they literally cloned the guy, and he failed twice, <laughs> killed so many people because of it. So I'm wondering, like, what if he joins another tribe of Nat- Navi people, and we get to see, like, a different biome of N- Pandora? Maybe maybe, maybe there's, like, a, a, a group of Navi people that are kind of like, like, like the, like the rat, like this, like the actual, like, like angry ones of Pandora, kind of like yes. like uh, the snow navi, like like, snow. like oh my god, like Yeti navis, like oh my god, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like snow. <laughs> but then like, but but 
So, like, Quartz kind of has, like, a dark version of Jake's arc where it's, like, he becomes more Navi, but he's still evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> The funniest thing I saw somebody posted was that they were, like, Quaritch's uh, avatar should have been red. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Purple, like, purple Smurf. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, um, my God. But, and also, the I want Smurfs wanna... meet the Snorks. Oh, boy. I wanted to touch on Spider a bit, too. Because um, Spider seems to be, like, for a lot of people, the most, like, um, an element that a lot of people have, like, talked about. Because it's, yeah. like, it almost feels more like a James Cameron flex. Like, look how natural he looks with with CGI characters. Yeah. You can't even tell the difference, can you? Yeah. Well, I was, uh-huh. even, I was surprised by this. Uh-huh. I was looking. I was surprised by this because I was looking on Twitter, and it's like there's there's footage from when they were in the mocap suits of Sigourney Weaver in the mocap suit, but but Jack Champion who plays Spider is in the mocap suit too, and he's way younger than how he looks than when they yep. were shooting it. So because I imagine what they did is they did the mocap for for two, three, and four simultaneously, and then did the live action shooting for two, three, and four. Right. So, obviously, Jack Champion has aged a lot, but I'm like, why did you put him in a mocap suit? Was that to, like, have a base of reference for when you, like, chroma keyed him in there? Because, yeah, it is surprisingly how well integrated he is in the first in this movie. Because, thinking back to the first movie, there's not a lot of scenes where a Navi is, like, interacting with a human like the only shot i could think of is in the end when natiri saves jake yeah and i remember seeing that and being so impressed like it was like the most insane thing i had ever seen and i'm just like, like even is... the size differences like yeah like it, you're, it's like it's like what how did you do that sorry but in this one ahead. he just amplifies it because again like spider is with the navi or the recoms like a majority of the time yeah. And like and I really think it is to help draw the audiences because like this movie is most is mostly Navi people. So yeah. if anything, Spider's Spider's inclusion is to help ground it and to remind humans just how gigantic this world is. Yeah. yeah. Like I think I, I call back to uh Letterbox review. I think it was Patrick Willems. He was like I cannot see the seams. Like, like for all the work that went into this, like, and you really can't. It's it's so impressive, just how well everything looks, how realistic everything looks. I'm thinking about when, like, later on, when they're like, when they're like, sort when Jake is sort of embracing Locke and Spider, and I'm like, what? what? Like, how, how does that work? <laughs> and now it just like the and even like people were saying like the big thing with this movie is the water because it's like water and CGI never looked good. Until this movie. Yeah. Like, because the way the water reflects off of light, and, like, I think about, like, the Apocalypse Now shot with Jake coming out of the water, and his head's just peeking out. That looks mm. so realistic. And, and Yes. And just, like, also, like, that scene when Jake is wrapping his hand around. Like, that is... Oh, my God, yeah. Like, or, or even the bit when, uh, when Renal was uh, trying to... Uh, use medicine on Kiri after the seizure, and you see like peach fuzz. Right. You see like hair. Right. Like, huh? Like, <laughs> what? Like it was funny because I remember I was watching the special edition, and my roommate came by, and he was like, "I gotta admit, the CGI in the first movie is a little dated." And I was like, 
I, at first, I was like, I don't see what you're talking about. Then I saw this movie, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it is now. <laughs> but you need this movie to sort... You need The Way of Water to sort of get that. Because, honestly, like, when you look at... um, Like, I, obviously, some of it has... A lot of it has aged in that first movie. But, like, when you compare it to, like, other blockbusters that you've had... That we've had, it's still, like, really like, good. It's, right? it's near... It's near this... It's near the same ballpark as like Jurassic Park, that first Jurassic. Like it is. Like you watch, you you see when the T Rex shows up for the first time, and you're like, this this still looks really good. I mean, it's it's the it's the early mid '90s, and we're seeing a freaking T Rex coming for the coming for uh, Alan Grant, and we're like, this still looks really good. Yeah, and that's and that's the beauty of James Cameron, and really just this Avatar franchise in general is that like. I mean, people will say, like, Avatar has no story or, like, Avatar, like, didn't have any kind of impact and stuff like that. It's, like, really, though, this is the only franchise that has been capturing the original awe and wonder that blockbusters back in those, back in the 90s and, like, even in general were supposed to convey. Yeah. Because, Because if you ask me, like, what makes a blockbuster special, like, what... What makes you want to go and see this movie is to get something that you would never get on a TV screen. Yeah. And, like, this pandemic has really shown that, like, people, they're not nearly as willing to go to the theater anymore because, well, for obvious reasons, movie tickets are expensive. There's a freaking virus killing everybody. And it's just, like, there's, there's... several virus. We got we got flu and RS, uh, RSV floating around. Mm-hmm. We got, like, as they say, tridemic. Yeah, and it's just... So it's like there there's so many less reasons to go to the movies now and like streaming perpetuated convenience for people. So now it became more disposable. It's very much like when television came in about in the 50s. And what did yeah. and and what did movie theaters have to do? They they introduced road shows and that's when we got like the big musical boom and stuff like that. These 3 hour just like big spectacles. And it's 70 like 70 millimeter widescreen. They yeah. got movies got bigger. Yeah, movie Yes. And like it's been since that first Avatar that we've had a movie that really goes like, let's push the limits because really what movies were doing, were going the route of like, you know, television, you know, like continuous storytelling with the Marvel movies, which was innovative and it still is. But it's been so long since we've had a blockbuster that is just about like just engrossing you in something you have never seen before and doing it the best it has possibly been. Like yeah. no studio reaches for the stars anymore. And James And and anytime they ever try, people don't even bother to go see it. Exactly. And it's like leave it to James Cameron to be the one who's going to be like I'm going to waste Disney's money on four fucking Avatar movies that people are making fun of not wanting to see. And I'm just going to do it because I fucking can. <laughs> King shit. Yes. And like and it so and it's so worth it at the day. Like people make fun of Cameron for his confidence and like his ego and stuff like that. But but no one has that. No one has that. He's earned it. No. Like that's the thing. Like 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 they forget this dude has gone through it and he's earned his title uh and he's made all these movies. He's he's made a smattering of movies, but each one is like insane first of all. He's broken and, his record twice. Yeah, and he he lost his, his one record, but then he got it back. <laughs> like, there's yeah. nobody in the world that does it like James Cameron. And, like, 
And it's like, Mm -mm. honestly, I feel like people that get like bent out of shape about Cameron, it's jealousy at the end of the point at the end of the day. I would, I would also just like to point out too, um, because we've done a lot of praising this movie and that's, and I love this movie. Um, I know I, because I'm on Twitter, I follow a lot of people who hate this movie, not because like, oh, I'm tired of hearing about Avatar, but because of more of the cultural implications of like, yeah, the, the Navi and the cultural, I just wanted to bring that up. Just to, mm. you know, yeah. we're not, like, completely, like, listen, we're not going to jump into a blue suit and just go, hey, what? No. No. Um, just, um, I, I, you know, I don't want to, like, it, it was weird to try to fit, find a way to fit this in. And it's kind of sad because it is part of the franchise. It, re- it is really part of the franchise, um, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, yeah. I mean, like, like it's, it's, it's at the same time, too, it's like, you know, when you look at that first movie, there is a lot of that heavy, heavy implication and cultural appropriation, stuff like that. And I think with this one, like, I'll give Cameron credit for, like, bothering to, like, try to pay respect, especially because, like, with the Maori people of New Zealand, mm-hmm. um, where he filmed the movie, um, there's even actors who are Maori in the film, like Cliff Curtis, like Jermaine mm-hmm. Clement, um, and uh, wanting to actually like pay respect in that regard, but at, but at the same time, there is still that element of uh, it's that you just—it's a white guy writing other cultures. <laughs> it's a yeah, white guy, and exactly. also you have you know, like um, there's there's a lot to it. And again, I just want to bring up to—we're three white guys talking about this, so yeah. it's easy to yeah. just. But it is it is relevant to bring up. I mean, like, I even people were bringing up yeah. the dreads that Spider has, saying like that's oh pretty yeah. cringy too. Mm-hmm. And he wears like the blue like, Tra- like stripes. Yeah, it-, it makes me think of Tarzan uh, in the scene where he's like <laughs> trying to put mud on himself to make him look like uh, a gorilla. Yeah, Jane, Spider, Jane. <laughs> but yeah, it, and that's the, oh my god. But that is the dicey thing about Avatar. Like I was seeing comments um, from like. From action from like indigenous uh, critics saying how it's like it's really hard for them to get past that kind of inspiration with this movie, and I understand it. Like, yeah, it's very understandable. Because like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's like okay, yes, this is a franchise. Like, yeah, it is about blue cat people in another freaking planet. So, but the but you can't not see the nuance and the fact that this is clearly inspired by indigenous culture. <laughs> It's 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 the same like with uh, even in Star Wars like some of the some of the alien species in in that franchise is sort of in the same ballpark as well. It's just yeah, you, you, you can't you can't not bring it up. It's yeah, and especially because I remember like too some of Cameron had comments from a while ago that he hasn't oh, really. Oh yeah, that one. So just to you know, um, I'll try to post a link to that in in the description uh, of this episode. Mm. Just, again, you know, because, again, we all love this movie. I think it's, a, it, like, here's the other thing, too. Like, one of my favorite movies of all time is fucking King Kong. And talk about, like, the implications Ugh. of that movie. Yeah. You know? <gasps> it, it, it's, like, it's still, like, but, like, you know, similarly with Avatar and that, it's just, like, an engrossing, like, feel, like, it's an exciting movie. Yes. And it has, mm-hmm. it unfortunately has those, but anyway, um... I think we covered just about everything in this movie. Are there other things that we we you feel like we need to address with the movie? Uh, honestly, like I think we've more or less covered 
majority of it. I mean, you know, again, this is one of those movies that it just it it doesn't we don't it doesn't feel like this anymore. It doesn't. No. And it's it does not feel like this anymore. Yeah, like and yeah. It's like the last movie to really like engross me and make me go like man, I love going to the movies, was Top Gun Maverick. And that was literally just because it had just such <laughs> insane flight scenes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, yeah. and, like, this movie does the same, because I'm, like, again, like, I was sitting there on my third screening, and I was going, like, how how come I'm seeing this movie for a third time? And, like, why am I doing this to myself? And then I was sitting there. I saw it twice. It says, folks, <laughs> folks, that, it doesn't matter. Listen, Mikey, no offense to you. It doesn't matter what you and I say. If Richard saw this thing, if Richard went out of his way to see it twice, that tells that's a how. movie. <laughs> that's a movie. Like, I didn't even see the Batman twice, and I loved that right? movie. <laughs> and this, is, ten, and this is 20 minutes longer than the Batman. <laughs> it is! <laughs> what, if, what if Robert Patton's, uh, Pattinson uh, flew on a banshee? Oh god, I'm I'm there. I'm sorry. I'm that. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> as long as he's got the ears, it's just Batman Navi. Oh, god. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. But yeah, um, they don't make movies like this really anymore. And it's like it should. James no. Cameron's like one of the last few. I want to say like classic old Hollywood auteurs working today because it's like Spielberg has kind of gone towards like making more personal stories like the Fablemans and stuff like that and. He's in his golden years, like like Scorsese is kind of like with the Irishman is sort of like golden years kind of movie. Yes, he's in his golden year. Yeah, where I feel like Cameron, this is his bread and like Cameron does not want to not make blockbusters, and I'm like, yeah. And if this is gonna, if his golden years are going to be like, I'm gonna make four Avatar movies until I die, I'm here, I'm here for it because like he's got me because this world of Pandora, it's like yes, like. There are some really poor implications and stuff like that. Uh, do they come from a like, like, good intentions? I genuinely think they do. Like, I genuinely feel like Cameron right. is going at this with the best mm-hmm. intentions. He's not the best at it, but he wasn't. He's yeah. he's not that great at writing dialogue to begin with. So it's like, <laughs> that, that, there's that. I but but also on that note, Wikey, um, like thinking about it, like I would love to see. Obviously, I want to see James Cameron make a bunch of mov- bunch of these movies, but like. I would love to see other voices come in yes. making these movies. And I also, giving a shout-out, um, uh, was it Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver? Yes. Um, yeah, this, those two. This Okay, listen, like, this script, it's clearly, clearly a better... Like, he clear, like there are, I think there's a whole writer's room yes, there for, is. For, the, for, mm-hmm. these av- for these Avatar movies, and it shows, because... I, th- I think a lot of it, a lot of the dialogue has improved, the relate, the dynamics have improved, mm-hmm. but, like, going off of and that... And you gotta... Uh, yeah. I was gonna say you gotta you gotta note as well because those two were responsible for like the a uh, good chunk of the the reboot Apes first trilogy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, first two writing those scripts, which uh, oddly enough, I thought of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Quite I did a, a bit lot too watching this. <laughs> yeah, like like even even like the the evil ape and the good ape fighting at the end. That was like, actually, I didn't even think about that. Like they both like the eyes ending on the eyes just like avatar does like yeah the only the only hiccup in those two's uh credentials is jurassic world that's it <laughs> but it's probably not even their own yeah, fault jurassic yeah, world was written I mean... by like six people so, <laughs> so like they, um, it probably started really strong and then trevorrow was like i can fix this <laughs> um but 
I mean, I did think about it. Actually, maybe I was talking to Allison, and Allison and her brother, they were not a fan of Quartridge coming back again. Because it's like, <laughs> we get the, the, from their perspective, we get the humans are bad! But I'm like, from my end, I'm like, okay, I want to see me- machines versus nature, man. This is what I want to see. <laughs> but she was like, this movie needed a Koba. Like, somebody who was within the Navi. I'm like, listen, I got Stephen Lang back, okay? Here's how much I love Stephen Lang. <laughs> Do you remember that dinosaur show from, like, a number of years ago that he was on? Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you guys remember that? I don't remember you don't, that at all. Oh, you know what? Oh, I watched oh, like, the oh, first Terra Nova! That. Terra Nova! I do know yes! what you're talking about. Oh! I love you! <laughs> yes! <laughs> it lasted only, one season. <laughs> one. One. <laughs> I think the only other person to remember that would be Feehan, because what do, what dinosaur thing dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. You know, th- exactly. You know, but like, it's funny you bring up Feehan because it's like he's not a fan of this franchise. He's made it known. But I am telling you, Feehan, I know you're listening to this. They bring in dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. yeah, he is definitely listening. You will listening be to this. there opening night with Joey. I know you will be. <laughs> <laughs> or like Joey will be like, "I'm going." It's like, "Can I go?" No. You know what? No. You know what? I I am going to. Fl- I am flying out to Ohio and then Minnesota so I can see it with Richard, and then I'm going to go see it with Wikey, and then I'm going to go fly to California to see it with my girlfriend and her brother, and then I'm going to fly back to Jersey to see it by myself. I don't see you. But what about the dinosaurs? Feehan, you're the best. best. I'm. This is obviously a a, a big joke. Yeah, all in love. Um, I do love you, Feehan. This is all in love. It's just the (laughs) avatar. Wikey, you said it. Like, who's a better hater of Jake Sully, Quartrich or Feehan? <laughs> the 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 man went to the level of leaving the party that was going to the Pandora Park to go do something else. That's next level hate. I have to respect that. <laughs> just the commitment alone just makes me go. You know what? But but going back to Quartridge, like Stephen Lang is amazing, okay, and he is so oh, good so as good. this character. And obviously, he is evil, yes. pure evil. But they they add some nice dimension to this version of Quartridge in in this movie. Yeah, because again, like he's not. That I'm very excited about to explore. Yeah, because again, yeah. like he even says it in the movie. We, I am not that man anymore. I have his memories, but it's like we're not even the same species. So it's like. Right. So he's mm-hmm. going to probably go through, like, a huge identity crisis in the third one. And, like, what Allison was saying about, like, yeah. with them, like, we need a Koba. It's like, like, I was, like, who's to say he's not going to join, like, a new Navi clan or something like that? That's a good point, too. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I yeah. can totally see that happening. Like, I could see the R&D, like, because most of the recoms got wasted going, like, okay, well, this was a useless program. Let's go back to humans. And then, like, and then just Quaritch basically right. just being abandoned by the RDA. And maybe... Maybe then it's like one of those things where it's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and maybe Quaritch teams up with Jake in some weird way. It's just like, what? Well, just fuck it. I hate the RDA as much as you do. So it's like, oh my god, Sully, I need you. Like there are so many possibilities of where they're gonna go with this franchise, and I know Cameron already has them all written out, which is smart because like right. any other franchise would have an end credit scene and have no idea where to go with this. <laughs> Right. Also, respect that he did not have an end credit scene I'm, for this one. I'm I'm glad he restrained himself. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he... Re- <laughs> like, thank I you. I honestly thought that there was going to be some end credit scene or something. All we get was whales, some names, 
and we're done. <laughs> and the weekend. We, we're only going to get an end credit scene when they re-release this movie two years from now. And it's just going to be a clip from the third one. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think, obviously, a number of notes. Um, this is really an ensemble movie, for sure. Um, high, fr- high frame rate, it's definitely noticeable. Um, I yeah. have, I know people who got seasick watching it. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, so your mileage may vary on it, but I do think yeah. it is, I personally think if you can handle, if you've handled high frame rate in the past, I think it's worth it to check out the standard version and the high frame rate version just to compare. Um, we really enjoyed this one. I think, are we all, do we all think it's better than the first I think one? So. Or yeah, I'd I'd like to I'd like to think we're on yeah, the same page. Yeah, it's just the characters in, in this. I'm definitely uh yeah yeah like like I'm definitely way of the water more so than like I said one. way of the water blows <laughs> the first Avatar out of the water. <laughs> I feel like part of me too is like I love the ocean more than the forest. <laughs> oh wait 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 okay there was a lot of moments in that third act where I was hooting and hollering okay. Like the scene where like the skim wing bites the banshee neck. That was, <laughs> that was so cool. Don't mess with the sea, oh bitch! My God, it was so, it was so awesome. Um, it's, the action is ama- is is astounding, astonishing, obviously, but also this is truly a movie of awe and wonder. Um, you know, if you don't come out of this movie loving whales. Um, like, like the whole intention of this franchise is like, look how cool Earth can be. Look how cool yeah. planets could be. The natural resources of shit. Like, I remember when the first one came out uh, on Blu-ray, the first thing I did was, it was springtime, and I walked outside, and I was like, <sighs> You see, because I, you see, okay, I was... when I saw this movie, it was in the middle of a fucking snowstorm. <laughs> and I... It's just, it's like, like... It's so depressing to walk out. Like, I hate this. Where's Where's Pandora? I want to yeah. go back like, to no, Pandora. That was literally, so when I saw it for the third time, it was snowing again. It is negative 11 degrees outside right now, by the way, here in my state. And Gross. Like, granted, though, I think the entire United States is going through, like, some big wind chill thing right now. But but yeah. but, but yeah. Like, we're getting hit harder because we're, like, the snowiest state. So it's, like... You're Canada, basically. We're South Canada, exactly. So it's like, yeah. I left my third screening, and my car is covered in snow. There's the parking lots, the the spots are made up. Because there's no freaking parking spot yeah. lines. <laughs> yeah. And, right. and I'm just and yeah. I'm walking back to my theater, and I'm just like, I want to go back to fucking Pandora. I hate this shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to Disney. We're going to go to Pandora. Oh, man. We're gonna go on flight of passage where we saw the whales so initially. A, so we're doing a three dude trip to Disney World. We're gonna go to. That's what I'm hearing, right, Joey? <laughs> you shut your pie hole. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, we can do that at some point. Um, no, it, we, it, that that would be awesome. Um, no, but like I, I the last two months of my life, um, to put it mildly, have been a shit show. I've been sick twice. My brother got COVID. My mom was in the hospital for a week and dealing with the fallout of, of all that. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. um, I was so happy with this, that this movie was out there as like, like pure like escapism, yes. you know, 
And I'm like, it, it was just, it was one of those movies where I'm like, I really was able to forget about like reality for like three yes. hours and just like, okay, I'm able to like, like you were in Pandora. You're, in, I was you're in, there. I was there. I was there for three hours and walking on, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm at the mall now. I gotta, I gotta get Christmas gifts and all, and all that. I gotta get, I gotta go make Damn gifts. it. Um, you know, but, uh, it shows you how good blockbusters can be, right? Like this yes was, there yes. was a time when this was every blockbuster but now there it, we've been kind of desaturated by it and i'm like this harkens back to that era because james cameron's like one of the last classical blockbuster directors working today and these movies really harken back to that era and it's like if you have cynicism about avatar and stuff like that like if you hate jake sully in that first avatar movie I think this movie actually might win you over in some way. You might not love it, yeah. but I genuinely think you'll come out of this this second movie going like that was a vast improvement of the first one. And mm. and again, it's just it has such genuine heart to it. Like this, I could feel that this was Cameron's baby because I know he said. Um, he said he wrote a draft for this movie and then immediately threw it out because it did not have enough heart in it. And he said, right. after a conversation with his kids, because um, if we got to talk about James Cameron um, for a little bit, he's been known to be yeah. one of the strictest directors to work under. Like he, in that first Avatar movie, he nail gun cell phones to the wall. <laughs> like, and so he's kind of a hard ass. Yeah. And, he went, he went into detail about this and he said that he really came in the perspective of how he can't really be that tyrannical of a director anymore after his kids, after he came home and was strict with his kids and his kids were like, you're never here. You're always out shooting movies. And now you come back and you think you can like say this shit to us. Like, like what? we're not, we're not working for you. We're your kids. We're not yeah. a squad. We're a family. And after I read that anecdote, I was this like, family and, is and reading that anecdote and seeing this movie, it really shows that this movie is really much a love letter to who James Cameron is now. I feel like, mm -hmm. yeah, a family man. He's a family man. He's Vin Diesel. Cause it's like, yeah. Cause even Jake Sully, he's a strict father who learns that it's like, that learns that it's like he can learn a lot from his kids. Because, again, like, in that first movie, Natiri saves Jake's life. Jake would have died if it wasn't for Natiri. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, both Jake and Natiri would have died if it wasn't for those their kids, which makes me think it's kind of oddly filling that both Jake Sully, uh, I'm sorry, Sam Worthington and Zoe Zaldana share top billing. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that was really cool. It's like, the only time I remember that happening is Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2. <laughs> it's like so it's like seeing that i'm like because they're not in the movie that much like it's really like no it's it's mostly the kids like like jake has one scene where he struggles with a stingwing and then one other scene and he's good at it in between that are the kids learning and you could just fill in the blanks yeah mm. it really makes me wonder if there's like a four hour cut of this movie where there's like a little bit more of natiri and jake because if there is the Jake and Natiri, because if there is a four-hour cut of this movie that's like split into chapters that's on Disney Plus, I'll watch it in a heartbeat. If he makes that nine-hour cut of Avatar three on Disney Plus, I'll, I'll do it. 
See, see, what that means is we'll have to do a special presentation on the four-hour way of work. <laughs> um, so, just you wait. It'll, listen, listen. We will dedicate. It'll, it'll be the only time we've talked about a movie twice. <laughs> Technically, yeah. I'm really excited yeah. for the 4K of this movie. Oh, same. Because I know it's because I know it's gonna have like a chock full of features. Because this because this uh, special collector's edition has all the has all the mocap footage, and like, and I really am curious to see that because I really want to see Sigourney Weaver playing uh, Kiri like amongst the kid actors. I really want to see what that was like. And I also, right. Cause I just think that's cool. Just how like this whole movie was mostly made in a computer and it does not take you out of it. Like I see Thor love and thunder and I'm just like, that's clearly like done in the volume. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering too, if the, if the home release will be sort of a similar thing to the, to the first avatar. Cause if you remember there was like that when it, when it initially came out on Blu-ray, it was just the movie. Oh yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, because, like, I was thinking about this, I was like, wait, because there was a whole, like, thing released with this movie, so it was, like, that first Blu-ray release of Avatar was just the movie, like, there was no bonus features, there was no nothing, just a main menu, and then boom. And then, I I think after that was the collector's edition, like, sometime later, and then there was the 3D edition that Joey has, and, yep, there it is! (laughs) And so, like, I'm wondering if lenticular cover, if this movie will maybe do something similar, or if it will do like just outright. Let's hear. Here's the 4K. Here's the Blu-ray. Here's the 3D Blu-ray. Or my hope is kind of like because like Alita, which uh, is very much a James Cameron movie with uh, Robert Rodriguez, because it's got the Blu-ray, the 3D Blu-ray, and the 4K in one package, and you get all the bonus features and everything. So my hope is that the initial release will be something. I feel like, like this. it will because Disney is not really one to release multiple versions of the same movie. Like they'll release like a version, no. especially not in physical no. form anymore. Like they'll release versions with like different covers for like like Target exclusives or Best Buy exclusives. Mm-hmm. But I can't see them like I can't see like the main disc features being different amongst each Blu-ray essentially. Yeah, I just hope that there is like a version that does kind of coincide with this like it's a nice little booklet like it says i see you <laughs> i see you oh wait hold on hold on wait, oh wait, you wait, do wait, wait, wait. i see I you, see you. <laughs> oh you have the slip cover for the slip cover i don't have mine anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah Aww. i'm sorry here here you can have mine i got you there you go <laughs> yoink <laughs> <laughs> Just like Although Willy I Walker. am a little annoyed that it says the theatrical runtime on the back, not the extended cut runtime. Oh shit, it does. I didn't even notice that. It's very annoying when you want to try to figure out how long the extended cut is, and it's like, oh, it's only two hours and forty eight and three hours? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, um, the Way of Water is uh, is quite a, quite a movie. Um, Wikey, thank you so much for hopping yes. on and joining us. This was a great and looking as beautiful discussion. as ever. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I love being on the show. I I honestly wasn't expecting getting invited back so quick after this movie. And listen, listen, you are officially the most guested uh, person on our on our program. Proud of it. Um, yes, this is a special presentation, but it counts. 
it counts. It does. Yes. So yes, it does. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, taking a swim with us in the way of water. Oh, um, any any final thoughts? Any anything you want to leave us with, Waiki? Anything I need to leave you guys with? Um, I'm probably gonna go see the movie again. <laughs> like, yeah, Four. Like no. Like <laughs> if I'm gonna be completely frank. Um, yeah, James Cameron, like, he knows how to amp it up in the sequel. If you guys want to know, if you guys want to, like, know any more of my movie opinions and stuff like that, you can follow me on Letterboxd. It's just my name. Um, I No, wait. It, we'll put it in the yeah, description. It's, it's, uh, yes. It's either my name, Alexander Wykey, or it's uh, Mr. White Key. <laughs> like, that's my username I use for everything. I love it. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd. I have my review of this movie on there. He's also got amazing shorts, and he's working. Are you still working on yes, that feature? Yes, um, we're looking. We're working on it right now. Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna do a release, um, like a local release here. With like, we're actually doing it at the warehouse where we shot the movie. So that's actually that's cool. Oh. That's really cool. Because we were like, oh, we're gonna we gotta try to find a theater screening, and then Anton was like, well, why don't we just shoot it? Why don't we just have the screener? at the warehouse where we shot the movie since we have the space and we're just like why don't we just do that so yeah if you want to see my if you want to see uh any of the short films that me and my friends have made follow my youtube channel at wolfpack pictures um they have we have all our short films on there i think there's i think there's a production reel on there but yeah all my buddies have working on that my feature film finals week is on the horizon you'll see that hopefully within the next couple of months um and uh and we'll do an episode on it uh, i don't think there's anything else left to say except for i see you guys listen (laughs) listen listen i see now i can't save this podcast by running (laughs) this is our podcast this is our fortress this is where we make our opinions of Avatar The Way of Water known. Dun dun! Bum, the, bum. Best, the, the, the best part is that he looked that up. <laughs> I, see I did, because like, I wanted to make I sure... I see him just doing it. Yes, I needed to make sure <laughs> the, I got it right. The, the dedication is respect. Holy shit! Oh, you know what? A visual I didn't realize. What? The movie opens with Natiri's eyes, and it ends with Jake's eyes. Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad. Yes. Yes. Folks, um, are you planning on seeing The Way of Water? Uh, um, and what you should let us know what format you're seeing it in. Um, definitely let us know. Yes. Um, hopefully, you know, our conversation has helped you make a decision. If not, um, hopefully you enjoyed the last two hours, because I know we did. Hopefully you made it this far. <laughs> hopefully you did. <laughs> We're surprised this episode is not as long as the movie itself. It could have been. It really it probably really, could have. Really <laughs> you know, and uh, and uh, if you're not going to see it in, in 3D, why so blue? Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, that's going to wrap it up for this special presentation of Two Dudes. Check us out next time. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out as always to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.
Oh, Daddy, Ura. Dun, dun.